every person on the planet has the ability to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. Every born-again believer has the power to choose to let your light shine for God. Are you an influencer for God or are you an influencer for the devil? Whoever's next to you, tell them you need to choose. No, come on. I don't care. That's, that's my best friend. Tell them you need to choose. God is looking for believers that are going to be influencers for him. I told you an influencer it has the power to affect how a person acts. Jesus was the ultimate influencer. And I appreciate the apostles, I appreciate the prophets, I appreciate all of those that came before Jesus, but he is our ultimate example to follow. An influencer, that's what we did last week when we released those balloons we were trying to influence the world for God. Say amen, somebody. The Bible teaches us that by following the examples of Jesus, that we begin to help people come out of darkness. There's a lot of people walking and living and dwelling in darkness. Amen. When you live for the devil six days a week and live for God one hour, that's called walking I ain't no witnesses. That's called walking in darkness. When you can go to the club six days a week and can't come to church once, that's called walking wow, in darkness. When we let our light shine, we take advantages of opportunities to bless others. The world is so dark that all you hear is doom and gloom. The government may shut down. Coronavirus is happening. Crime is taking place. This is happening in Germany. This is happening in France. This is happening in Florida. There's all kind of stuff taking place. But people are looking, where do we look? Where do we turn? Listen, I told you last week, you've tried everything else. Why not try God? Don't just let your light shine on Sunday. That's not hard to do. Amen. Don't just let your light shine at church and at home. That's not hard to do. But the challenge comes in when you have to go out to the workplace. Let your light shine in the midst of the devil, in the midst of the devil using other people. Let your light shine. Let your light shine with you meet, you can let your light shine, I love saying this, by how you act. I told you last week, and we'll get into it in a few minutes, Jesus was preaching without using any words. People are always watching the body of Christ to see how you're going to react, and I am thankful to have a member that said, I, we have to stand up for what is right and let our light shine for the Lord. Once things have been fixed on the inside, then it shows on the outside. If you're messed up on the inside, you can't effectively help anyone. God created me a clean heart. God renewed within me the right spirit. Amen. H having an attitude towards brothers and sisters, that's not the way to go. Letting your light shine, I told you, is a mindset. It's a behavior modification. It, it, it really is a spiritual journey. And I love saying this, and I haven't said it in a while, and please throw the graphic up, look at your screen. Are you a baby Christian? Because God is doing a shift, and now you're going to see people who you thought were strong Christians. Minister McGee, you're going to see them walk around like a little baby. Are you a teenage Christian? So I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I don't like this. Are you a maturing Christian that says, Father, I trust you. 
It doesn't matter what social media says, Father. It doesn't matter what the television says. I understand that. I appreciate the information. But most of all, my trust, my hope, my foundation is not in man. My foundation is in Somebody say, let it shine through your spiritual eyes and ears, enlightenment is taking place. America, the United States, I'm in trouble. We are called the United States of America. But we act like the divided Oh, some of y'all are like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. They're going to get mad at me. they already mad at you. They, clap your hands. I'd rather please God than obey man. Listen, don't fear what man can do to you. Man can't do anything to you because my soul is eternal. And one day, my eternal soul is going to have to stand before God and answer why I decided. Oh. Mm, I'm going somewhere. Somebody say, never again the same. Say it for yourself, never again the same. But you have to mature to where you say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I, I know, something stop playing. I know what, it, what people are saying. I know what the world is saying, but Father, I have to trust you. It's not enough just to say it, minister. We have to start doing it. And I hope and pray this week that everyone will continue to read the eighth chapter of St. John. Jesus gives us such beautiful lessons here in this one chapter. We were reading this, and in chapters 8, verses 1 through 6, we know that the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, the priests, the rabbis, the scribes, all of these religious leaders got together to plot against Jesus. Now, if they got together 2,000 years ago, Brother Hastings, to plot against Jesus, why would you think that you're so good that you're so nice to everybody they won't plot against you? Uh, I'm going somewhere today. Thank you, Father. For three years, Jesus had been challenging people all over the region to change their old way of thinking. I told you last week, ladies, that you were considered not even really, and I'm going to be honest with you, back 2,000 years ago, you were not even second-class citizens. I told you, women, you were not even allowed to come inside of the temple, so Jesus had to go outside in order to communicate with you. Jesus said, you have to change your old way of thinking. But this is the way we've always done it. We've always been up here, listen to me, and you've always been down here. That was not God's design. God made man, but man made slaves. Uh, I'm a preacher, I'm by myself, but it's all good. I, I told you a few weeks ago, the first thing, now yes, Jesus had been talking, he opened his public ministry at the age of 30. Jesus was not a stranger to the, the region. They knew who he was. John the Baptist, some people say, he only saw John the Baptist once a year. Listen, that was his cousin. He saw John all the time. They knew who Jesus was, but when he started public ministry, the first thing he said, I told you, it wasn't love everybody. That's not what Jesus said. The first thing Jesus said is repent because you know you haven't been treating women right. Repent because you know you haven't been treating people right who don't look, who don't act, 
who don't eat the same food as you. Jesus said, re. He said, repent for the kingdom is at hand. So Jesus was challenging them to change your old way of speaking, change your old mindset. This was also included for the religious sector. Some people in, in this day, the religious people, that all this stuff Jesus is teaching and talking about, it's not for us, it's for y'all. No, the Bible is for everyone. No one is exempt from what the Bible says. Say amen, church. Jesus says you have to change in order to get what God has for you. Somebody say God wants us to change. From the New Testament, from, from Matthew to Revelation, it talks about Mother Terrell over and over and over and over and over changing from your old creation to a what? A new creation. Jesus literally came to earth to bring a new way of living. A new way of living. And I love the way Jesus did it. Even when he called his disciples. He didn't call everyone with the same personality. These men argued. They fought just like some of us. We argue. We fight. We disagree. But Jesus, what he was trying to show the religious sector was, I can take people, and only God can do this, from all walks of life and bring them together for a common cause. And that cause was to spread the good news that there is hope. Say amen, church. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what kind of background you have. It doesn't matter where you come from. What matters is what are you doing? Jesus was starting something new that had never been done before. It had never been talked about before without real meaning. Jesus says, listen to me, church. He says, love your enemies. That's very challenging to do sometimes. Oh, I'm by myself. Jesus says, help those who are in need. Jesus says, forgive those who have purposely hurt you. That was a lot for the religious people to handle. Then he was telling the disciples, listen, when I train you, when you go out, you're going to have a lot of people that's not going to like you. You're going to have a lot of people that's going to talk about you, but shake off the dust and keep on going forward because remember, you're not working for man. You're not doing what you do for man because when you do what you do for man, people will fall out with you. Show enough will fall out with you. But when you're doing it for God, it doesn't matter what man thinks. Say amen, somebody. Jesus was on a mission to do something that had never been done before. He was bringing hope to hundreds and thousands and millions of people today. And today here on planet Earth, the Christian faith is still continuing to grow. I told you a few weeks ago, they said how Christianity is decreasing, but that's a lie. We are increasing. One thing, the religious leaders, they tried to ignore the fact that Jesus was a miracle-working prophet. Some people will try to ignore the fact that you are a living, walking, talking miracle. Hear me out. Some things you have been through, body of Christ, that would have taken other people out, you're still alive. You're still functioning. You're still looking good. You still have God's glory inside of you. The sad thing about these religious leaders, please hear me, the majority of these leaders considered Jesus to be their enemy but that was only out of ignorance. 
I told you last week, there's a difference between knowing Jesus and actually following his teachings. When we follow the teachings of Jesus, listen, your life will literally change right in front of everyone. Jesus did not view the religious people the same way they viewed him. They looked at him as an enemy. But Jesus knew they're really not his enemy. It was the person who was using them. When a person acts ugly, when a person wants to talk about that I'm this color so I'm so much better than you, that's the enemy using them. But you have to remember, it's not really the person. Oh, it's the devil that's within them that's being used. If you know I'm right, somebody say amen, Pastor. Jesus was going to complete his mission no matter what. And that's the attitude, the body of Christ, we have to have. I'm going to live for God no matter what. I don't care if you laugh at me. I don't care if you talk about me. I don't care if you ignore me. I don't care if you gossip about me. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to live for God. That's what you call letting your light. Don't view people as, that's my enemy. Some people have no idea they're going against a child of God. Look at me. Because the truth of the matter is, when somebody attacks you, they're not really attacking you. They're really going against God. Say somebody. Somebody think God is some old grandfather sitting up on the throne, not aware of what's going on. That's a lie. God is aware of everything that's taking place in your life. And one day, we individually are going to have to stand before the creator of the heavens and the earth and give an account why we acted the way we acted. Who do I think I am? What right do I have? Huh. Now I can understand if I wasn't saved. I can understand if I'm out in the club doing the same thing you're doing. But these were, were religious people. Church folk. God is tired of the body of Christ. That's why I told you, mark my words on this day. It's the day, October the 3rd, 2021. There is a shift. Hear your pastor. Before 2022, you're going to see the babies and the maturing Christians just as clear as you see the sun. If Jesus has stuck to the laws of Moses, and stoned this poor woman, his reputation for compassion and forgiveness would have been in question. So they thought these religious leaders who had teamed up against Jesus, because see, the thing is, they were not really teamed up against this woman. They wanted to trap Jesus. The religious sector were so hung up on the laws of Moses, they did not realize they had the light of the world right in front of them. And Jesus, being the light of the world, the Bible says that he's full of grace. What a mighty Savior to be full of grace. The Bible says that Jesus is full of compassion. The Bible says that Jesus is full of forgiveness. And I told you a few minutes ago, that's our example. He is our example. What are you full of today? Are you full of hatred? I'm talking to everybody watching too. Are you full of anger? What are you full of today? Are, are you full of trying to get even with someone? 
Are you full of always trying to put someone down? I want to be full of love. I want to be full of compassion. I want to be full of forgiveness. And forgiveness, listen to me, what a powerful Savior Jesus is. He knew he was born to die. And listen what Jesus said. I'm jumping, but stay with me. Listen what Jesus says as he's hanging on a cross, on a tree, on a piece of wood that he created. He's hanging there with his arms stretched to the point of being broken. And he hangs up on that cross after being beaten all night long. After being put to death, he hangs there. And you know what he says? He could have said, be gone and wiped everybody out because he had the power to do so. But look what Jesus does while he's stretched out. He says, Father, that's a lot of love. That's a lot of forgiveness. That's a lot of compassion. That's a lot of mercy. That's a lot of grace. He says, Father, forgive them. For these religious people have no idea what they're doing to the light of the world. Some people need to holler out, Father, forgive me how I treated so and so. Oh, say amen, somebody. Father, I repent when I could have lended a hand, I chose not to. Father, when I had an opportunity to bless somebody with my words, forgive me for not doing so. Who do I think I am? I am nothing. I can't speak for you. I am nothing without my creator. Somebody said, well, Pastor, you don't know. I have four PhDs. If it wasn't for your creator, you wouldn't even be here. You wouldn't even have a mind. Jesus stood strong in the midst of his enemies. They thought they finally had him. They thought, surely he's going to mess up. That was my intro. Now, look at chapter 8 and find verse 7. You're going to be blessed when you hear this. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. It says, however... When they persisted, look at your Bible, these religious leaders who had circled Jesus, who had circled this woman, who had disrupted the church service, these religious, they persisted with their questions. Jesus raised himself up and said, let him, let the person who is without Sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. These religious leaders who had heard and listened to him for three years collectively decided we need to set him up to fail. There's too many people listening to him. We need to set him up to fail. But Help me out, somebody. Somebody help me say, not. Maturing Christians, please learn that there is a time to be silent. Sister McClinton, and the Bible says there is a time to speak up. When we listen to the Holy Spirit, he will lead and guide and direct us into what to say every single time. But the issue is, Mother Adams, we keep getting our hands in it instead of listening to God first. Going somewhere. Look at verse 7. It says, He raised himself up. The Holy Spirit will talk to you and tell you it's time to rise. 
Why would he rise up in front of his enemies? Would his enemies get intimidated? They heard about what he could do, but there comes a time when the Holy Spirit says, rise up. You, you can't allow evil to continue to go forward. Rise up. It doesn't matter how impossible it looks or it doesn't matter how it was in the past. Today's a new day. Rise up. God is looking for believers. God is looking for Christians who will stand up for what is right. We have a lot of people say, yeah, I know what you're saying, Pastor. I know what you're saying. Well, if you're not going to do it, push somebody and pray for something that's going to get out there and help the body of Christ make a change. Rise up. Look at what Jesus says. Let him who is without sin... And this, defer, this refers back, I'm going to give you the scripture. Please write this down. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 13 and chapter 17, speaks about when a person commits a crime and what their punishment or what their execution should be. Because I told you last week, there's people in all of our lives who think they are the judge, the jury, and executioner. Only those, the Bible says, who were not guilty of the same sin could participate in this stoning. And this is what the body of Christ needs to realize. This was not the first time someone was stoned to death. This was a regular occurrence that took place during the culture 2,000 years ago. What a horrible way to die. Come on, brother. What a horrible, horrible way. This will probably hurt. Oh, come on, back here. This will probably hurt if it hit you. So look in the back of your seat. Get that rock and hit the person next to you. Look under your seat. There should be a big rock. This will probably hurt you. How many of you agree? But he got a brick. That brick will probably hurt you a lot more than this little rock. The point is, these men have this woman circling around her, thinking we finally, we trapped Jesus, now we got this woman, so we're getting ready to have us a good old-fashioned stoning. Listen, what kind of society was that? Where kids would have to witness, no, I'm saying a whole lot, murder in the street. That sounds like today. What kind of society do we live in? Oh, I don't want to get in trouble. Where somebody gets murdered and you leave the body in the streets for six hours for everybody to see. This would hurt. But who do I think I am? Jesus said, let the person that has committed no sin throw the first stone. But no, we got a stone and everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Oh, we're going to have a stoning. And you know why it is when you get a crowd together, you get a gang together, everybody's going along the same way. Come on, let's get her. Let's get her. Let's get her. Let's get her. But I told you, take the woman out and put yourself in her place. I have to say, how many times have I been guilty? How many times did I deserve punishment? How many times have I deserved for God to say, eh, I'm done with him. I've tried, I've picked him up and picked him up, and I've forgiven him, and I've forgiven him. How many times it felt like the end was near? And I can see this woman, look at me. She wasn't just standing there with all these men around her. She was intimidated. She was hurt. She was scared. So I'm sure she wasn't standing there. I'm sure she was down in a ball because she knew the laws of Moses said that she had to be stoned and not stoned as punishment, stoned to If it wasn't for Jesus, all of us, we deserve to be dead, but his grace His compassion, his mercy, 
he rose up in front of his enemies and said, leave this woman alone. Who do you think you are? You've committed sins. You've committed acts that you think nobody knows about. But one thing you've got to remember about Jesus, he knew it all. He knew Zacchaeus' name when Zacchaeus was hiding up in a tree. I don't have to tell you this, but I will, because I want you to have the knowledge. When it came time to feed 5,000 people, the disciples ran to Jesus. They said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We got all these people to feed. What are we going to do? And the Bible says, for Jesus already knew what he would do, but that he did this to test them. This is a testing period. God wants to know, are you going to stand up for what is right? Are you going to sit there and let the world continue to dictate to the church? The church should be dictating to the world, not the world dictating to the church. Listen, Romans, flick to Romans 6 chapter and find verse 23. And I don't like jumping all over the Bible, but I have to tell you this. There is no question that this woman was guilty. The question was, what should be her sentence? There's no question, Sister Peter, I've been guilty. The question is, what should be my sentence? Romans 6, look at verse 23, says, For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I deserve death because of my sin, but thank God that Jesus is my defender. He is my stronghold. He is my advocate. I deserve death, but Jesus has blessed me with life. Clap your hands and tell God thank you. The wages of sin are death, but God has given us life. And some people are always looking. Look at Brother Fred and Brother Robbie. Brother Fred, stay right where you are, but walk over with your rock. Hold it up. And listen to me, Brother Fred. Act like you're going to throw it at somebody. Act. Brother Robbie, go over. Act. Act like it, Robbie. The Bible says that people are always looking to condemn someone else because they don't want to take a look at themselves. I don't have time to be drawing my hand back at you. I've committed sins. I've done things out of the ark of safety that I need God to forgive me. I need God to restore me. I need God to renew the right spirit. Whenever someone's pointing their finger at you, holding up a rock at you, many times they're trying to hide their own wickedness. It's a jacked up thing when people set you up to fail. Religious people, stop setting your brothers and sisters up to fail. When you're gossiping, say amen somebody, lying, mistreating someone, that means you're setting them up to fail. This woman, the Bible makes it very clear, she was caught in the act. It says she was caught in the act of adultery. Most of you grown people, you know what that means. At least I hope you know what it means. But it says she was caught in the act. So that means the religious people had to have somebody watching this woman. See, stop plotting against somebody else. It used to be old saying, you dig one ditch. Oh, I'm by myself. You be, they plotted to set this woman up all this time, but it says she was caught in the act of adultery. So they just dragged her out in front of Jesus, put him to the test, face me, turn around and say, what do you want us to do? Holding their stones, raise them up, ready to pounce. 
People are ready to pounce on you. And the only reason, we almost said it, the only reason some people can't get rid of you is because God won't allow them to. Clap your hands in the house. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble if I say it, won't I? If they could have put you on a boat, you would have been on a boat. Uh, I can't go there. Uh, I don't have any chains. I told you to hold in me. Christ has set me free. The Bible makes it clear that they were ready to stone this woman because of her guilt. And I love the fact that Jesus stood up. Church, stand up today. When we're faced with enemies on every hand, stand up today. Look your enemies in the eyes. That's where the shift takes place. Stop hiding. Stop being afraid. Look your enemies in the eyes. You got on a mask over your mouth, not over your eyes. Not over your spiritual eyes. Look them in the eyes and stand up for what is right. Say amen, church. These religious men, they had to think about their own sins they had committed. They had to do some soul searching on their own and find out who's really worthy to throw this stone. Brother Fred, Brother Robbie, are you really worthy? to throw a stone at anybody. I know, see, you may know about so-and-so going to the club, but don't forget, Mr. McGee, I heard your sermon. Mr. McGee said, yeah, I used to be. But she didn't do all that, but I know she can dance. But who am I to throw my stone at anybody? Because I have my own faults. How am I gonna talk about you being in the club and I'm drinking a case of beer every night. Oh, nothing. For real? We have to learn how to be compassionate about each other. Look at verse 8. Wow. Then Jesus bent down and went on writing on the ground with his finger. How cool is Jesus? With all these hundreds of people who had gathered to hear him talk about the kingdom of God, all these people and the religious leaders who disrupted the teaching of the Savior, Jesus was so cool, he never got rattled. He never got freaked out. He said what he had to say, and he continued teaching without using words. Very powerful lesson here. I don't like to say this because I've heard this taught. Please hear me. I've heard this taught for 50-some years that Jesus was among his peers. How could Jesus, who created all things, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So how could the word of God who created all things be walking among his peers? The religious leaders had no, not even a drop of knowledge compared to Jesus. Listen to me. When Jesus was 12 years old, his parents lost him and found him teaching in the temple at 12 years old. And the Bible says that the religious leaders were astonished at his knowledge and his understanding at the age of 12. So I want the world to know Jesus has no equal. When you really get a clear understanding, and this only comes through fasting and through prayer and through studying God's word, when you get a real understanding of who Jesus is, it changes the way you think. That's where the shift takes place. I know who Jesus is. He had literally all power, raw power, at the age of 12 years old to be in the temple teaching learned men and astonishing them. But while Jesus was writing on the ground and they were looking at each other, 
And the men began to murmur. And the men began to talk. And the crowd began to get silent. Because the crowd was saying, what are they going to do? The law of Moses said, stone this woman. What are we going to do? We, we know we've all committed sins. What are we going to do? Her accusers. The accuser of the brethren. The devil, your accuser, is always running his mouth telling God what you're not doing. And God is saying, stand up for what you know to be right. The devil's called the author and the father of lies. Let's make the devil true to what he is. He is a liar. He is a liar because there are still people who love God. There's still those of us who want to live for God. There's still those of us when it, it seems like, come on, brother, that I need to throw this rock. I need to hit him. I need to kill his spirit. I need to kill his dreams. I need to kill his vision. And just as they get ready to throw the rocks at you, God will say, stop. God will say, stop. Enough is enough. The body of Christ, we are on a mission. I'm trying to set you up. Take a self-examination. I, I can't go over and look at all Brother Robbie. Take a self-examination. How many times have you wanted to hit somebody? How many times somebody wanted to hit you? Oh, Deacon Black's being nice. You never wanted to hit Brother Robbie, did you? Listen. Take a self-examination. I don't have time to be looking at him. I got to look at myself. Lord, what are the areas I can improve on? Lord, I, wanna, I want my speech to be pleasing. I want my actions to be pleasing. Lord, I really want to live for... Maturing Christians, come to the point before you point your finger at someone, ask the Holy Spirit, to take an examination of your own life. Lord, I want to be pleasing in your sight. Look at verse 9. This in itself is amazing. His enemies, who called themselves enemies of the church, which doesn't even make sense. How are you going to go against the leader of the church, which is Christ? How are you going to go against the one who instituted the church? How are you going to go against the one that you're supposed to be worshiping in the church? Verse 9 says, they listened to him, and they began going out, conscience-stricken. One by one, the Bible says, from the oldest, look at it, down to the last one of them till Jesus was left alone standing with this woman in the center of the temple courts. They dropped, drop, no, drop them, let them fall hard, their rocks and went away one by one. Some translations say from the oldest person to the youngest person, but the point is, all of them had rocks and they were ready to pounce upon this woman for what she had done. But Jesus, somebody say, but Jesus. But Jesus stayed on mission. But Jesus full of forgiveness. But Jesus full of grace. But Jesus full of hope did not allow this woman to be stoned to death. Look at the end of verse 9. Jesus wants to unite us. He doesn't want to divide us. The end of verse 9 says, The woman was left alone with Jesus. Now, out of all this great crowd, and out of all the people that came to hear Jesus, can you imagine that it comes down to a one-to-one -one conversation with Jesus. And can you imagine some of the things Jesus said to this woman that's not recorded in the text? His compassion extended beyond the point of color. His compassion extended beyond the point of her employment status. 
His compassion to her extended beyond the point if she was male or female. He just wanted people to know before you raise up your hand, examine yourself. Maybe you weren't guilty of what she was guilty of, but all of us have been guilty of something. I heard somebody tell me the other day, said, Pastor, you know, I wish I did better with my kids. All, I think seven, six or seven of my kids. You know, I didn't know what I knew with my older kids, my younger kids, and I, I feel so guilty. I beat myself up all the time. I said, brother, please tell your wife there's nothing you can do about yesterday. Don't beat yourself up. Don't stone yourself. God has forgiven you. Guilt is not from God. Say amen, somebody. God does not condemn you. God has set you free. God does not want you worrying about your past because God has set you free. So they drop their rocks one by one. Body of Christ, drop your rocks. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. We want to pick up things and we want to hand them on our own. But when we ask the Holy Spirit for help, he will guide. He will lead. He will direct the church today. Say amen, someone. God placed a light in Jesus. And God has placed that same light inside of you. Stop looking for someone else to come and help you out of your situation when God has given you the power. Don't allow the devil, people are good at this, don't allow anyone to say, yeah, but remember, you was just like her. You was just like him. Stop denying your past. Whatever happened in your past, that's part of history. It is in your past. Learn from the mistakes of your past and try your best not to repeat them so you don't hurt someone else. That's called letting your light. God chose you to be a light. It's not by chance that on this first Sunday in October you're listening to the word of God. You're not listening to the words of Muhammad. You're not listening to the words of Buddha. You have the word of God, the living God, in front of you. And I choose to live for God. Stop freaking out over stuff. I'll say it a zillion times. Stop freaking out over stuff. When you pray and leave it in God's hands, God will direct you. In all your ways, Acknowledge who? Acknowledge God in all your ways. And the Bible says, he will, he shall do what? Direct. That means he will tell you, go this way, don't go that way. Your enemies are waiting for you right here, but go this way. And that's what I love about Jesus. Let me throw this in there just as gravy. The Bible says many times they came to take his life. That means they were out to kill Jesus, just like they were out to kill this woman. And the Bible says many, many times, please explain this to me, that he walked through the midst of them. The Bible says Jesus walked right in front of them because he knew who he was. Stop running from the enemy. Don't you know who you are? I'm a child of the most high God. I'm not a second class citizen. My skin color does not define who I am. The truth is you don't see the real me. I am connected. I have friends in high places. I have someone that loves me with an unconditional love. And God has been setting us up just for a time as this. Stand to your feet. Pastor, pick up here next week. See your future self being bright. Lift your hands to heaven. See your future self being encouraged. 
and make every effort. Come on, lift those hands to heaven. Everybody watching at home, make every effort this week to be a blessing to everyone you come in contact with. The spirit of the living God runs through your body. Healing. Lift your hands. You're going to miss this. Healing. Stand up, Tyrone. From past hurts. Lift your hands. Healing. From heartbreaks. Healing. From past disappointments. Healing. From cancer. Get your hands up. Healing from financial brokenness. Healing. Healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we lift our hands and our hearts, our minds and our souls. We lift our hands unto you. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. From this day forth, rain on us. Rain on us. See, some of you halfway got your hands up. Lift those hands high. Rain on us. Why don't you try God today? Just try it. Rain on us in every area of our lives. Father, let our light shine that others may see that you live and that you dwell inside of us. Let us be an example in our homes. Be an example in our communities. Be an example in our schools. Be an example on our jobs. Let our lights so shine, full of love, full of grace, and full of compassion. From this day forth, we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Lift those hands high. Repeat after Pastor and make this declaration. I am God's representative. I am God's representative. I am God's representative. Now give God a shout of victory. Come on, clap your hands. Some of y'all playing. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Thank you, Father. I want to represent the kingdom. I want to represent the kingdom. I want to represent the kingdom. And never again shall our lives be the same. Lord, I receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen.